0: Hello and welcome to an episode of Time Talks
1: where Anna and Claire from Neighbor and Love London.com We are coaches helping you do more with the time you have to learn how to quit wasting time and make the most of your day every day. Welcome to Time Talks. Um, This is going to be quite a vulnerable share today because we're going to be talking about divorce, but particularly divorcing a toxic personality. And this is something very close to my heart. I have recently divorced a narcissist and I've had to rebuild my life out of turmoil. And it's a very big reason why Anna and I believe in the power of routines, healthy habits and structures. So in
0: this episode, we have the wonderful Noelle Houghton, who's a divorce coach, qualified solicitor, and who has both professional and personal experience of helping both women and men navigate their divorce separation process. And it's her background and skills as a mediator that really helps offer you the best support possible. So hi, Noelle, welcome to Labour and Love London podcast. And thank you so much for your time. Now, as you know, we focus on time management, systemizing routines. We want to empower women to basically make them feel like they can get back on track. Now, at some point in life, we all encounter that situation, any situation that causes us to come off track. But we, sometimes we can truly break down. And one of those is obviously getting divorced. That can be quite a huge trauma for people. So I suppose the first kind of question we've got for you is to tell us your story and how you got to do what you're doing.
2: Oh, firstly, thank you, ladies, for having me, uh, for letting me share. Um, yes, gosh, you know, what, what is my purpose, I guess? What is my Why? And um, quite simply, it happened to me. <laughs> I, um, unbeknownst, because narcissists don't say, hi, do you fancy marrying a narcissist? They hide it very well. And um, I married, met uh, what I thought was, you know, knight, white horse, charming, wonderful, just a little bit older than me. I think I have an older dad complexity issue going on there. Um, fell in love, lots of love bombing and wonderful stays, uh, you know, holidays, etc. And Fell in love with an older man who was married at- the time and had children Yes, yeah, so breaking all sorts of boundaries um and you know because i was codependent and you have to sort of go behind in your own history and understand and yes, yeah, so married him and spent 15 years pretty much getting lost um by the time it got to crux point i probably didn't even know what my favorite color was um so uh physical abuse emotional abuse mental abuse you name it um and then sort of the tipping point is when i discovered uh, his affair on a family holiday to Australia. Um, And that was it. And that sort of started my very uh my long and very uh turbulent (laughs) divorce and i found myself googling his behavior and that often is one of a it's one of those tipping points you know i say to my clients and then they kind of say oh i was just putting in google you know does this and and things come up and the word narcissist came up and and that was it that was that lightning bolt moment and i thought oh my goodness um except that you know sort of 15 years ago or rather 10 years ago um um, there, there just wasn't enough out there, just wasn't, you know, you might find a few things on the internet, but and certainly not anyone uh, that could assist in the way that I do, my clients, you know, sort of navigating this divorce. And um, and I just had to learn. I learned uh, going through it because, as I said, you know, I'm a solicitor, I'm an accredited mediator, and I use those skills um, to kind of navigate the very tricky road of, you know, him... Deliberately leaving his job or getting the mistress pregnant or falsifying documents or all of those kind of bombs that they do to kind of really throw you off your course so that you're spiraling and unable to navigate and try and get a good outcome. But I held strong and I learned pretty quickly. And yeah, and that's, that's how it's created because I fundamentally never want uh, another man or woman to feel so incredibly lost. And not and just kind of susceptible to that. Basically, what is bullying and abuse? And mm. um, so uh, I, I've taken that sort of experience and turned it into a positive. And um, so that is what that is my why.
1: Yeah, and that's a, that's a very strong why when you say that. <laughs> yeah. And I my experience of when I was um, I found out my ex was a narcissist was that it was a final weekend where the police had had to get involved. And um, as you say, the, the levels of abuse are just. It gets you. It, it, it gets to your soul, doesn't it? And it's on every layer. And the police, sadly, had to get involved for my safety. Mm-hmm. And, um, and when, kind of, to, I, I mean, I, a lot of it still, I think, I have disassociated from that weekend out of not being able to cope with it yet. But the police did say because I thought it was that he was an alcoholic and a drug addict, yeah. and of course he is because yes. that's what I've learned, narcissists—they're filling a void constantly. So there was yes. yes. but that was the cherry on the cake. It was that he was, he was a narcissist, and they said you need to you need to learn on this very quickly what a narcissist is. Wow. Like you went into Google, and it was like. Da-da-da-da-da. And he may, he ticked the list several times. Yeah. Over. yeah. yeah. But for anybody out there who only thinks a narcissist, may be somebody likes their social media a bit too much. Can yeah. you describe yeah. what a narcissist is? And maybe because there's covert and malignant. Isn't yeah.
2: There? Yeah. So, um, I suppose, firstly, I'd like to say we all have an element of narcissism, by the way. You know, this kind of, oh, no, it's not, you know, that healthy narcissism is us brushing our teeth in the morning, yeah? (laughs) Uh, Or, you know, trying to be fit and healthy. And healthy narcissism is great. Uh, It's it's when that narcissism starts to impact another. It's when you're borderlining on this sort of the bad narcissism, if you want to give it a bit of a tagline. Um, And, you know, part of my work is to profile, you know, the difference between, you know, I profile the, the toxic personality that we're dealing with. And yes, you can be covert, overt, malignant, charity, a community. There's all the variants. And the reason I profile them with my clients is because your strategy and your manner in which you manage them is entirely different depending on the type of narcissist. Um, but essentially, uh, there are some sort of some big red flags that uh, kind of uh, we associate with narcissistic people, and um, and you kind of need all of them, you know, re- pretty much. So I don't want you saying, "Oh my god, this person has huge ego." They're definitely narcissistic, and that be the only thing that's on the list. But essentially, it's a combination of this huge sense of grandiose. You know, they think they're amazing. They they really are. They almost sometimes think they've got special powers. <laughs> yeah, I'm yes, yes. yeah, my ex used to say to me, "You know, there's something special about me." <laughs> You know, um, so they've got this real sense of self grandiosity you know, really amazing, uh, coupled with ego, huge ego, but also lack, total lack of empathy, like inability to comprehend to the point of, you know, when you say, do, do you not feel bad or can you not feel, No. What are you talking about? Total lack of responsibility for their actions, Um, you know, toxic behavior, uh, gaslighting, i.e. they kind of destroy your sense of self or, you know, uh, distort the truth or how you remember things. They project, they accuse you of doing something that they're very much doing themselves. They are blatant liars. Um, and they do also have addictions you know a lot of them are either sex addicts alcoholics drug addicts and essentially it's that need for adoration and supply and that's the word we use supply and that supply can either be good or bad you know it's it's either lots of lovely attention or even stressing you out gives them lots and lots and lots of attention um but it's that very selfish attitude and the, the world sort of revolves around them but if i were to describe for instance a victim narcissist it would be very much potentially depressed. Woe is me. Everyone, um, you know, no one understands. Everyone says it's my fault. I just want to be loved. You know, it's it's quite different depending on the type. But those are sort of essentially the big
0: red flags that you're looking for. Yeah.
1: I mean, my ex is certainly a malignant one. <laughs> Definitely. Um, oh, yeah. I often label those. Actually, I have two. I,
2: I label malignant narcissists and covert narcissists, almost like Darth Vader type ones, because <laughs> covert narcissists, I always, you know, before a client even starts talking, I almost know that it's going to be covert when they sort of say, um, I'm, I, I can't quite describe, and you're probably going to think I'm mad, and he or she did this, and it's that struggle to explain, I already not know yet, yeah, it's covert, because it's, you know, when you try and explain it to somebody else, they just go, well, was he just just he or she in a bad mood, or maybe they were struggling, or I don't understand how that's bad. And it's like, it's not this one tiny thing. It's all these little pieces attached that you bring it together. And that's why a lot of people that come into contact with really struggle with trying to explain what's going on for them. And hence why they tend to go and lean towards someone like me, you know, a divorce coach specializing narcissist. Cause it's like, I don't have to explain it to you. Even if I just give you a few issues, you get it. And often I, I sort of say, and did they do this? And they're like, how did you know? <laughs> How did you know? Like, well, you know, they're fairly predictable in their level of abuse. And
1: that's, I mean, getting, I mean, I've only had one divorce, but, you know, getting divorced is traumatic. And mm. um, in your experience, is divorcing a narcissist, how different is it just to, say, divorcing a non-narcissist?
2: It's entirely different. Really um, <laughs> different. And it is because... You know, if you're, let's let's call it a a healthy divorce, if you want. Um, You know, there's that element of compromise between two people, understanding that, you know, if there are children involved, they're the focus, reasonableness, uh, wanting to move on, an element of kind of uh, mourning our marriage, you know, collaborative work. I mean, not in all divorces. There might be a little bit of push and pull, but at least there's an element of some compromise and coming together. Narcissists divorce must they must win at all cost you know that that sense of loss is just incomprehensible and and the reason they can't do that is because it's all about control and they need to be very very controlling because that makes them feel safe and they don't feel safe because they have very low self-esteem huge amounts of self-doubt and this wonderful charisma that you see is just a fake mask And often people describe and sort of say to me, well, he or she wasn't like that when I met them. And this is who they are. And like, well, that's actually who they are. Who you met at the beginning was actually just someone fake. And it really hurts a lot of my clients to kind of go, they can't quite get their head round. What do you mean? Do, what do you mean that doesn't exist? And I'm like, that was just a persona that was mirrored back to you to kind of drag you in, uh, you know, so they could sort of, you know, be with you essentially. But divorcing a narcissist is going to involve um, lots of trickery, lots of push and pull, lots of lying, lots of hiding assets, weaponizing children, weaponizing money, doing it both at the same time, sending you into a tailspin, litigation fatigue, sending you to court unnecessarily, uh, suddenly deciding that even though they had nothing to do with the children, they want 50-50 and then actually don't do it, breaching court orders, taking you to court, making you out to be the perpetrator, it's just a minefield. Mm. Um, But for someone like me that's kind of has this wonderful overview and knows exactly which way they go, It's completely manageable. And that's what I bring to my clients. It's, you know, divorcing a narcissist is entirely different to a normal divorce, but I'm going to equip you with all those skills that you need to manage them. And I think the other thing about it is it's not just managing the divorce,
0: it's managing them post-divorce. Yeah. So with that in mind then, what is the best process, I suppose, to navigate that journey going forward once you are ready you're you're wanting to divorce, you need to know what sort of how can you systemize it, let's just say.
2: So you need to know who you're dealing with, really, don't you? You need to know what's in front of you, you know, you, because the thing about them is they're all over the place, up, down, left, right, center. And actually, you know, in order for us to function properly, we need something quite, we like order, don't we? Yeah. <laughs> How do you do something properly? You need it ordered. And whilst you can't order the narcissist, what you can do is inform yourself. You know, knowledge is power. So working with me is all about giving you that knowledge to manage. So despite this unruly thing up and down and throwing left, right and center, because you've profiled them, you know what type they are. You know the type of tricks they're going to play. You know how far they'll go. You know what they'll bring forward. So you are handling it. In I wouldn't say, you know, it's slightly systematic and you can sort of predict where they'll go with it. So we'll talk, and then you know, a client might say, "They've done this. What could happen?" Well, these are our options. This is what might happen. So you're getting organised. Yeah, it's preparation rather. So it's learning to be responsive and not reactive, because reaction comes from feelings and anxiety, and we often do the wrong thing there. Um, You know, we we are panicking. We are in our one of the four triggers, which is fight flight fawn um or freeze fawn is the one that not many people know about and that's just complying okay i'll do it you know because we're just so scared of the consequence um so it's preparation it's it's learning how to manage and the thing i was going to say was a lot of my clients actually come post-divorce they're like so i've got everything but it's still a nightmare it's like well yeah because they're not going anywhere and unfortunately you know if you have children you still have to learn to manage so it's learning how to manage them so it doesn't impact your day-to-day
1: life and that's um, now I found out about you and your services post divorce, and I wish I'd known about you mm. pre or, or certainly as as I started the divorce process because obviously, not knocking my solicitors, they were great, etc. They they were it was divorcing through COVID, so a lot of it was actually not having to go to court and paper pushing and just getting it to the judge. Mm. But um, I did read this blog. And it was, I can't remember, it was another solicitor's blog, and they said, if you are divorcing a narcissist, you need to go with a solicitor that understands narcissism. Mm-hmm. I don't think my solicitors did. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be honest on that one. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, and my ex kept on taunting that he was, he kept on saying, I'm going to get a solicitor, but can I just ask you this one last question? So then my solicitors got backed into this corner where they were acting for me. And for him, because, and they were, they were saying, well, he's complying today. So we may as well help him because it's whilst it's keeping him quiet. And I was just like, I've put these boundaries in place. I need you to enforce the consequences yeah. of these boundaries in place. I need you to be my solicitors. And I know it's, a, he, I mean, litigation fatigue, so expensive. Yeah. yeah. But in that litigation fatigue, I know I would have saved money having a divorce coach. And is that, is that I mean, where else does it help? Have, not just financially, where else does it help having a coach? I think it's
2: m- managing our, it's, so the court process, you know, they're very good at writing the letters to the solicitors nonstop, which just write, you know, increases your costs and it'll be over the most minor of things. And working with yes. me, I say, right, you're, don't get your solicitor to draft that, minimise your costs, we'll do it together. Or actually take this offline. This is not a legal issue. This is about dropping off, picking up. And you can say to your solicitor, you're instructed in finances, but you're not instructed in children, or vice versa. And then we manage it. You know, things like your, your for me, your documentation, your finances, all of that. You know, that topic of um, solicitors understanding narcissists, you know, a lot of solicitors do this. They go, Oh, yeah, no, I, we 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 understand. The true fact of matter is. A solicitor has to obey the law. You know, there's a legal process that you need to go with. They effectively can't do the stuff that I can because I'm not acting as your solicitor. I'm not doing the legal process. And so navigating it slightly differently, they can't do that. They need to abide by Plus, they think that they understand them and they don't. They get kind of, as you described your solicitor, kind of going, well... You know, he's being reasonable. We'll give him one more chance. And that's, you know, maybe they were a collaborative lawyer and they've got to, you know, maybe they're a part of resolution. So they have got to show that they're willing. Do you see what I mean? Showing that willing, not necessarily boundary setting. Whereas over here, I'll be like, no, you know, for instance, I've got a client today that said he wants, you know, uh, he or she wants to come and get our son and he has COVID and I'm really scared I'm like no boundary it's a no he has COVID he's ill you can't go and infect older, you know and, and it's that and it's boundaries whereas a solicitor might say well technically you know we don't really isolate anymore and maybe do you see the difference Yeah. whereas I'll just be no call the police mm-hmm. if you have to set that boundary have the consequence because it builds that client up mm-hmm. because I know what this particular person is going to be like it's just another opportunity to say I win I'm going to do what I want yeah. um, so that's kind of you know how we work differently
1: and I think I mean I know I, I you know it's something that I'm still he- healing and it's going to take a while but I know a lot of people who are coming out of narcissistic relationships they have trauma they have complex uh, post-traumatic stress and the brain fog Because as you said, you've been in your fight, flight, freeze, and fawn, and I did fawn. I was fawn and freeze. I was fawning out of fear to calm his anger down. We were in lockdown together. He, he just his drinking and drug taking went up. His temp, it was just well. I don't need to describe it because you know. So I was fawning out of safety, or I would my and my brain would freeze. Hmm. So. Come the end of the relationship, and I'm two days later after the police have got him away, and I'm I'm applying for a divorce. That doesn't that doesn't mean my brain's changed. I'm still in in freeze, fawn, flights. I'm certainly not in fights. Not yeah. not yeah. then. And the communication was so hard because I'm just getting legal speak thrown at me and as you say you couldn't even remember your favorite color by the I if somebody could have said two plus two and I wouldn't have known the answer yeah gotcha yeah 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 you're you know you're tail
2: spinning and you know a lot yeah. of my clients are like oh do I have to petition I'm like yeah you know I, I never make my clients do anything I'm always sort of saying you know this is this is what I would recommend as the next step Then like, I can't do it I'm like it's fine let's just wait. Because, you know, like you said, you're still suffering from massive amounts of trauma. And even in the process, the triggers are just so going on for everybody. And communication is such a big one. You know, that I think, you know, we, you must've experienced this. You see the name on the phone, the text message, and your heart just go, you know, it's gut-wrenching. But, you know, I've had clients that have gone from, you have to read the emails, Noel, because I, I cannot look at it to oh my goodness, it's the same thing. It's hilarious, and that that development, that recovery does happen because I, I kind of do this thing where I translate their emails. So you know it'll be something like uh, you've been bad and you should have done this, and I'll translate it, and, and you know it'll be something like um, I'm trying to control you a little bit more here, so I'm going to make you so I'm going to make you feel really really bad about yourself, and hopefully you'll go back to doing what I want you. And when I do that translation, my clients go oh my goodness, I can see it, and that's what I mean that clarity to feel more organized, to be able to manage the process, to save yourself time, to save yourself
0: costs, all about learning. So that actually brings us nicely onto the next <laughs> question, which is obviously more, it's a general, whether you're getting divorced to a narcissist or just in general. Yeah. What are your tips for creating structure, a self-care routine, like pre, during and post-divorce?
2: So, first of all, I'm, I'm
0: lots in this. Self-care, number one, actually, in, in, in that
2: actually doing self-care. We all do the, yeah, I'll do a little bit of this, but you have to actually be quite regimented. I am, I don't miss the gym five days a week, Monday to Friday. Wow. Okay? I, I am adamant. I'm, I'm actually probably slightly... Um, I don't know, just very, very strict about it. (laughs) There is no way I don't go. I've got to be dying unless I don't. And the reason I do it is it provides me with routine and it's my get up. It's my, this is the first thing that I do. Yeah. We need that element of routine and consistency. And if you've got it, and I always equate it to, I've given myself something, you know, 45 minutes to myself. I go to my local gym and I do my thing and it's like, right, I'm ready. So that self-care. And it doesn't have to be the gym. It can be a walk, it can be a dog walk. It can be listening, you know, yoga meditation whatever it is for you even a bath but it's got to be there for you every day kind of sets you up and the other elements of self-care you know in terms of divorce is I would say a team you need your team around you I'm probably guilty of this a little bit I don't usually ask for help yeah I'm quite find it a bit hard to go help me but I do say to my clients get your team around you whether it be your tribe which are your girlfriends or your male friends that are supporting you and just listening to you your family, you know, your lawyer, your therapist, your divorce coach, get your team together so that they can support you through this journey because it's not something that's gonna last a couple of months, you know, it's (sighs) especially because of COVID, the court system is on its knees. We've got no divorce, no felt divorce coming in in April. So, and so that's just gonna bombard the court system. So it's long time. So you need to be ready to go on this journey. Um, manage your expectations. Don't expect it to be quick and just go, right, I'm on this journey of discovery and I can do it. And I will get there in the end. And I just take every day, day by day. But those are kind of like the core things that I would say, you know, self-care and your team support network.
1: I think it's human nature to want recovery to be an event, not a process. And what Anna and I do in general, even if we weren't talking about divorce, we're always saying to people that having a healthy habits and routine is a process, not an event. Yeah. And I, it's definitely divorcing. is certainly a process. And, um, and I think you're right about having your team because I think, I mean, Anna was my, you know, well, we always said yeah. work wives, but she was my everything. She she built my soul back up because I could just come around to her her, her house and all I needed to do, she used to say to me was You love your yoga and you love meditating. Mm -hmm. So your meditation is your brain training so that I would wake up and go, let's not go into limbic, fight, flight, freeze, spawn. Let me just get onto a a mat and and try, you know, just sitting, calming my brain and re-engaging my head to my body because it was all discombobulated. And then you love your yoga do your yoga. And and then you come over to here to me and I will feed you. And that was, that's what got me through it. And it was all done in the morning because if I could do it when I saw the sun rising for some reason, I knew I could get to midday. And then being at Anna's, I knew I could get to four o'clock. And then after four o'clock, if I knew I could just get to eight o'clock, I could go to bed. Mm. And that is what I just, I just went into this. But like you, you go to the gym. I'm yoga five times a week. It has, to, and I don't think that's ever going to go anywhere. Yeah. To be but on. I think that's a good anchor. I think you need.
2: We're all elements. You know, we're all creatures of habit. Actually, deep down, yeah, and habit brings us safety. You know, it kind of lowers our anxiety levels. And if there's one thing that just gets you up to do that, you know, that have have that anchor. And um yeah, morning, absolutely. Like I said, it's that thing that gets you up and goes right. I've got this, and you do mm. and. You know, yeah, not looking at the road too much in front. You know, like you said, just, can I get to 12? Can I get to when the kids come home? Can I put the kids to bed? Can I have, you know, that? And it's like, right, okay, and repeat tomorrow. And it's by repetition that we build our recovery. You know, it's by completing, and and this long, and, you know, this process, like you said, yeah.
1: When it comes to building your team, obviously when my marriage ended, there'd been friends who had been worried, but because of lockdown, they hadn't known the extent to how bad it was because, you know, you hide, don't you? Because you get this, you develop a weird loyalty with a narcissist because of survival and because you, you 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 no longer have a brain because they're in control of it or they know the buttons to press and they've almost stepped for do with that. Yeah. Yeah, got you. yeah. 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 And then suddenly They've gone, and how do you and you've got to try and explain to people Mm -hmm. what's happened to you, and you've got to explain narcissism, and your soul has gone through a cheese grater. Is there a way of explaining to to people to get your team on side? This is what I've gone through, so people go, Got it, we're here, we're going to support you.
2: I think it's exhausting having to explain to Mm -hmm. others the concept of narcissism if they haven't understood it, and I think. What you're really saying to someone is, "I was in an abusive relationship." You keep it very simple. Yeah. I was in an abusive relationship, and I need your support. And yeah. just be there for me. And that's it. Because to try and explain, you don't need to explain the ins and outs to anybody because you know what went on and your need to know for other people to know or to know the ins and outs or to make that person look bad is your requirement for someone else to validate your own feelings you don't need anyone to validate your own feelings you validate your own you don't need someone to say oh it was abusive you know it was that's enough Mm -hmm. you know it was abusive you know what you've gone through so if you're seeking support it's you're my best friend you're my support Mm -hmm. you know you're very good friends with me you're my family i was in a mentally physically emotionally abusive relationship and i'm coming out of it and i need your support keep it simple
1: yeah that's true
2: isn't it and and, all you're saying it was abusive and what you know it's it's like saying to someone oh they hit you why didn't you just leave you know it's all of that it's all of that
0: stuff. Yeah. yeah. You
2: know, I'm like, but, he looked, but he was lovely. He or she was lovely. So charming. <gasps> they were so friendly. I don't understand. What, what do you mean? Don't do any of it. Just say yeah. it was. It is what it is. It was abusive.
1: Yeah. And it, you know what? Funnily enough, I was having, it, although I don't know if he's a narcissist, I haven't actually watched it, but I've read a lot of reviews on it, the Tinder swindler. Oh God, he's such a narcissist. And I thought he <laughs> is, because, and I, but I haven't, and I actually don't want to watch it yet because I don't think I'm it's, there. Yeah, yeah, you've got yeah.
2: to be careful to It's quite traumatic. Yeah. Yeah. And
1: and if I do watch it, I want to watch it with somebody. I don't want uh, to be with my Yeah, I'm yeah, yeah. 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 It. But yeah. I I I I've gleaned enough from to have my thoughts that he was one, but some of my, some of my friends were talking about, you've got to watch it. And I was like, yeah, okay. Yeah. It's like putting my hand into a flame. Not sure. And, um, and they were like, but how did she, like, how did she fall for the lies? And it made me feel a bit sad actually, because I was just like, I did. It's a different story, but I was love bombed and you were all love bombed by my ex because you all liked him at one time. It can happen to any one of us. Absolutely. And- absolutely. And, and a lot of
2: the question that comes out of that a lot, actually, uh, sort of friends, colleagues, whatever, that, that, that have watched it is, but who would just take out a credit card in someone else's name? Why would you do that? And it's like, yeah, but that. That you're looking at that one event, what you haven't looked at is the stuff around it, you know. These women, uh, and I'm sure they'll admit to this, you know. I certainly admitted to you know what why I entered a narcissist relationship there's something lacking in here we're not, we're not quite sure of ourselves and we might have noticed a few red flags but we kind of go oh no they're not really there not really looking at them um, but you know what would have been encompassing that whole can you take the credit card out is oh we're together and it's the love bombing it's this is our future I'm just a bit stuck please help me out and, and who you know I suppose someone might say yeah but we're going to get married we're going to be together of course I was going to help him you needed my help and that's what a relationship is the fact that it was based on money and I'm sure they were, a bit, they were nervous and wondering but you, you do it and that's the very great skill actually let's give it to them that's the skill that the narcissist have and, and they are they, they are very skillful yeah the world's best salesman yeah. I've got to give them that you, you can't do. take it away you are brilliant at being narcissistic they just bring you in but it really does work if you yourself are lacking, i.e. you have self-esteem issues, you are codependent, you don't have much self-worth, you know, quite similar to the narcissist. And that's why often my clients go, well, do you think I'm narcissistic? It's like, no, the, the mere fact that you're asking means you're, in, you Definitely know, in, not. <laughs> you're looking at yourself. But what's funny is yourself, well, it's not funny, but your, your, your lack of self-esteem or your need to be validated by the people is to make you feel like you are worthy of something. Mm-hmm. Whereas a narcissist, it's not about that. It's about to make to fill the hole that's permanently empty. So is more about validation. I'm a good human, I'm a good person. I, I I value being here because I've done something nice to you and I've helped you. Whereas narcissists, give me, give me, gimme, 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 gimme. Oh, make me feel better. Because they're like, I often equate it to a, it's like a bottle with loads of holes. It doesn't matter how much you fill it up, yeah. it's always gonna leak. So yeah. it needs
1: a persistent filling up. It's, I mean, that's so true. I mean, I'm classic people pleaser and oh, that's yeah. how, and it just, it was a beautiful magnet for my, for my narcissist. And, yeah. you know, and he's still, I mean, cause obviously the financial abuse is just, well, that's a story in itself. But his was yeah. always like, we're going to have children together. And once you start having children, I know how much you want to be a mummy. And so you pull on those heartstrings. And oh, so yeah. if you pay for things now, then once we have the children, I'm going to be covering all the household and this and that. So you can just focus on doing what you really want to do, which is being yeah. a mummy. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> and what he did there was mirror back, because the thing about uh, you know, when we sort of fall in love, you know, men and women is that verbal diarrhea. Oh, this is what I like. This is what I want. This is what I don't like. Meanwhile, and this is what I say to my clients, the narcissist is literally note-taking. It's like, right, I'm going to use this because they profile you. That's why I profile them now is because they have profiled you the minute they meet you. So what they've done is the reason you fall, you fall even deeper is because they're just mirroring back everything that you said that you wanted. And that's why they're chameleon-like. That's why their masks are different. That's why often my clients go, oh my goodness, when he was with me, he hated skiing, like skiing was disgusting. Now he loves it. Why is that? Well, because the new supply likes skiing. He's got to change, he's got to mirror back. What they want. Yeah. yeah. They've got to change. Uh-huh. The like mask is forever. You know, they've gone from hating children to doting dad with wife number two or husband number two, you know, whatever it is. Right. It's whatever you need to get you in. What sales technique do I need to project to you to get you hook, line, and sinker?
1: One thing I'd really love to know is, obviously, you've mentioned your ex. Yes. Yeah. Does he know what you do now?
2: <laughs> um, yeah, so I get asked this quite a lot. Um, and I did it live the other day and this question came up yet again. Um, and my answer is, I don't know. And I don't care. <laughs> he probably does. I mean, look, I've got a very, it's his surname, by the way. I'm, I still use my married surname because my my boys asked me to. And um, so if you, you know, it's quite an unusual first name and last name combination. Uh, so I'm sure at some point he's Googled it and he can see, but yeah, he probably does. I don't really care, but I do have a funny story to go with this. but. Um, my ten-year-old was with his father when he was still in the country, and he came home. Mummy, I, I was using daddy's phone because I needed to look at something. I said, "Yes, darling," and and I opened it up, and there you were, mummy, on YouTube. And then I said to daddy, "Daddy, that's mummy." And daddy said, "Is it? How strange." <laughs> so you know, he's watched my YouTube, and I'm like, "Oh, okay." But you know, it's just yeah, probably. But uh, yeah, it doesn't doesn't bother me. I'm unaffected by it, and. Yeah, I'll just go with it, but probably you.
1: you I mean, you truly are an inspiration yeah. because you've gone from victim to victor, yeah. and I think that's the journey I feel like I'm on. And I, I definitely want to say that to other women. I know how lost the, the first year, I think, or 18 months is so discombobulating you don't even know how to spell your name you don't I mean it, it, you even have to remind yourself to go to the bathroom and it, I, I get it trauma you're, you're in process yeah. trauma yeah but I do there is a way of merging out of this and I you know divorces an empowering way of doing it isn't it but i do think having a coach wow i know if i'd done that i could i can see things that tripped me up along the way i know where i could have had quicker healing yeah yeah. Um, I can yeah. certainly see that through talking with you, yeah. I think
0: yeah. If anybody also knows somebody who's going through a divorce with a narcissist, I have learned so much over the last year or so through yeah. Claire, yeah. and also I followed you to help me help her. Oh, so, yes, so, yes, I have to say it's, I mean, it's my I mean, mind boggling, but <laughs> everything you've said, I've been like, oh my gosh, yes, he was like that, yeah, and all. All, you know, yeah. everything comes out and it's it's good for, I suppose, people like me to be able to support people like Claire yeah. who yeah. are yeah. able to go through these situations. So we understand a lot more on how to help. because yeah. It's very different. It's definitely Absolutely. very different.
2: Absolutely. And I get a lot of clients, actually, that, that say, I need to help my friend or I'm watching your page to help my friend or even pay for the to their friend to come and see me, you know, because a lot of, you know, some clients are just so traumatized, they're, they're, they're ashamed, they're ashamed and embarrassed that this thing has happened to them, so they don't want to seek help, and, you know, then their friends really do push, or, or mothers, parents, you know, you, you brothers, sisters, you name it, have just gone, like, can you help my friend, and yeah, that, that's a good way, is you being able to support your friend was by getting knowledge yourself.
1: And I remember Anna telling me two key things that have, and you keep you always still keep me on track with that, because like I said, I had a little reminder thing this week that how mm-hmm. special narcissist can be um, financially a little bit of surprise debt yeah. then um, it's that divorce doesn't mean justice No, yeah. God, this topic. (laughs) Yeah, and I think this will be another topic in itself. Honestly. And then also, um, don't look for the apology. And you have kept me on track with that. I'm never going to get sorry from him. No. No. Or if you do, it's not a real apology. It's not a real one. I would have to, I mean, the only thing I know is true that is everything is said as a lie. The big
2: debate, and my goodness, this is an entirely whole show in itself. Divorce law is not divorce justice. And a lot of it is, you know, my client, is they're getting away with it Like they've got away with it And there's a whole other discussion around They do for a bit But they do come crashing down Because they get old And they can't do what they're doing anymore And actually it's a very sad life for them at the end And that concept of Yeah you'll never get a They have no empathy That it, It's not that they don't want to And this is a bit about understanding narcissists They can't they don't get it. They don't have that functionality. You know, It's like, my car does not have automatic windows. I want them. Yeah, but it doesn't have it. Same thing for a narcissist. It does, it doesn't, he or she does not have empathy. So you're never going to get that true, oh God, what I've done to you, I'm just so sorry, ever. What you're going to get is, you made me do this. Now, if you just did, it wouldn't have happened. You've only got yourself to blame. So you can recover without the apology.
1: And some may even argue, you shouldn't need it. For
2: your own recovery
1: that's true you should, I, I, that's one thing in this process that i'm learning don't outsource your sense of peace yeah you, you can only get it within and if that's maybe the lesson that was sent to me in life to learn that i will never get disrupted my peace will always remain you know maybe this will one day be the blessing that uh, oh it? god well, yeah it's it a blessing. yeah yeah you know, when we talk about apologies to
2: help, you know, you get this a lot, don't you? Forgive, then you'll be able to move on. And whilst that's great in some things, it's not applicable in all areas. And and, it's, and I feel it's not here because fundamentally that apology, you don't need it. You just want it. What you'd like, because we're all, because you are empathetic yourself mm-hmm. is an apology. Because that's, kind of, that's what healthy, normal people do. And it makes you feel better.
0: Yeah.
2: We all feel better when someone yeah. says sorry,
1: but we have to acknowledge that, they can't feel it. And even if they said it, it's not even real. Yeah, yeah that's true. And I, you know, I've realized that on this episode we were we spoke about focusing on the the person getting divorced today, because really that's where the process yeah. of the divorce starts but we haven't even got on to when you have children. Yeah. So we're, we're, you very kindly offered your time to do another podcast. On yes. that because yes. I think yes. this was all about sorting out mummy or daddy's headspace first.
2: Absolutely. Looking forward to the children one, because that is, the empowering children is also another okay. part of my work, just because um, it's great that I can help my clients, but we need to make sure the cycle doesn't repeat. Exactly. exactly.
1: Yeah. And it's the family health, getting healthy yeah. families. Absolutely, health. so, yeah in the meantime, where's best for everybody uh, to come and find you? I to have um, <laughs> with you.
2: Um, so my main platform is Instagram. Uh, so you can find me at uh, your underscore divorce underscore coach uh, or my website, which is www.yourdivorcecoach.org.uk. I'm also on Facebook at your divorce coach. Um, yeah, those are sort of the main places to kind of find me get free content uh, on instagram i also have a facebook group so if you find me on facebook you can join a. there's separate groups for women and men uh, to sort of join a community field
0: kind of you know explain what's going on for them but those are the yeah those are the ways to get to get hold of me we hope you've enjoyed listening to this episode of time talks by labour and love london please comment below share subscribe or visit our website on labourandlovelondon.com. And if you want
1: to find out more about our time management, we have got a great toolkit on there, along with our one to one services, workshops, and lots more. Making time for you,
0: Anna and Claire.